0: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor here at Christ Church Albany. Uh, and in full disclosure, uh, this is actually a re-record. Uh, so we recorded uh, the sermon as a part of our Sunday service on September 10th, uh, but something went wonky with the audio. Uh, so this is actually a recording that I'm doing on Monday morning uh, because I know some of you like to watch uh, on YouTube or on the uh, listen on the podcast. And so I'm grateful that uh, you do that. And I want to still make this uh, available to you. Uh, But if this feels a little bit funny because like we're in the room, uh, but you don't hear anything, it feels a little bit, it feels a little bit funny to me to stand in an empty room. And so if it feels a little bit funny watching me in an empty room, uh, I get that. Uh, So this past week uh, was the beginning of school here in Albany. Uh, And one of the things that people do at the beginning of school is they uh, take back-to-school uh, pictures and so I don't know if you're able to take a back-to-school picture or not uh, but here's the back-to-school picture uh, from me when I was in fourth grade uh, and so I think that was fourth grade anyways and uh, that's myself that's uh, my sister Shannon uh, and yes that is a mullet haircut and I thought it was it, no it was Awesome. Uh, and then actually like 10 years ago-ish, um, my sister and I were back in the little town in Indiana that we grew up and we retook the picture. So that's how uh, my sister and I, about 10 years ago, standing in the same spot. Uh, and whether you took a back to school picture or not this past year, one of the things that I hope was true for you uh, is that I know there can be a lot of feelings as we're starting the beginning of school. There can be you know, some, some fear, there can even be some sadness, some trepidation. But one of the things that I hope was true for you is you had this feeling of hope and potential. This thought that, like, man, this year could be great. Uh, And as I go back and remember in, like, some of my childhood days, I can definitely remember some school years where, like, just I, everything felt Ready. Uh, we grew up with not a lot of money, and so there wasn't. A, it wasn't. It was kind of unusual for us to have like new clothes or new shoes. But every year, my parents would take us out before the start of school, and we would have a brand new pair of shoes. We would have like a brand new outfit that we were going to wear on that first day of school. And I can remember walking in. You know, and I got my new shoes. I got my new clothes. I got my backpack. And it's like, man, I just I just feel ready. Like this year is going to be. Great, you know, Maybe this is going to be the year I'm going to get great grades, and you know, I'm going to have a great relationship with a teacher, and I'm going to make some friends, and maybe I'll even talk to a girl. Like all, there was so much hope that this year could be great. You know, the year hadn't started yet. You know, nothing. It was just the very beginning, but I had all this hope and potential that it could be great, and maybe this first day of school was going to be good, but maybe the next day was going to be even better. And then the next day, even better. And then this whole year was just gonna get better and better and better. Uh, and maybe for you, uh, as you think about hope and potential, it's not so much about school. Maybe there's something else. And so uh, maybe as you just think about, maybe you've had a new job. Uh, and you know, at first day, you're walking in, you know, and just feel like, this, man, this could be great. Uh, or maybe you think about a new relationship, you know, a new, new friendship, new romantic relationship. Like this could really be Fantastic, or maybe something simple as like you just let you know that first page of the new book, and you just, as you're reading the first few lines, you're like, Oh man, this, this is good, and it's only gonna get better. Uh, or maybe you know the feeling of like a new house uh, or a new season, uh, and of course, by new season, I mean new football season. Uh, Football season just started and, and actually so I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and what I said during the live service I was like right now the Cowboys are tied for one of the best records in the NFL because they haven't played a game yet but I'm actually recording this on Monday now and the Cowboys played and they had a lot of hope and they had a lot of potential and they had a great first game but yet it's just the beginning of the season. So yes, there's, there's a lot of hope, there's a lot of potential. They pro- played great last night, but there's still so much more to go. But I have hope and potential that it's just going to get better and better and better. And here's why we bring that up. It's because I believe that what God wants for you, that what is possible for you in your life, that you can live with that kind of hope and that kind of potential every single day. And actually that God created you and created our world to have that kind of hope and potential every single day. Uh, So uh, today uh, we are starting a new series. Uh, We uh, call things kind of Focuses, and so uh, we're going to be focusing from now, this Sunday, all the way until Christmas. We're going to be looking at just three chapters of the Bible: Genesis one, two, and three. So, if you open the very beginning of your Bible, those are the first one, two, maybe three pages, depending on how your Bible breaks things up in the whole Bible. And so, we're going to spend the whole fall uh, and right up to the Christmas season, we'll get into those just couple pages. Uh, and the reason why is because those couple beginning uh, pages of the Bible have so, so much to tell us. Uh, And here at uh, Christ Church Albany, uh, we are big fans of the Bible. Uh, So some of you may know, uh, if you go on our website, uh, we have six different core beliefs uh, that are the things that are things that we not only want to believe uh, just like in our heads, but these are the things that we want to live with our lives. These are the things that we believe in our head, believe in our heart, and hopefully all of our actions kind of stem at some level from these things that we are in the in the process of moving from unbelief to 100% belief in. Uh, and one of those beliefs is what we believe about the Bible. Uh, and here's what uh, we say we believe about the Bible. If we believe the Bible is God's inspired word and is given to provide instruction for what we should believe and how we should live our lives. Uh, so we believe the Bible is not just a book. It's actually a collection of books But it's not just something that like we read and think is interesting and then just kind of like put it aside for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. But that the Bible literally holds the key for us for what we should believe. And it has instruction for us of how we should live our lives. Uh, We go on with our belief statement. We said, we believe that the Bible is accurate and reliable and was written under direct inspiration from God and is useful for all Christians every part of the Bible is about Jesus and should be read and applied through that lens. Uh, And there's a couple phrases in there that I wanted to kind of uh, point out. Uh, The first is this idea that uh, the Bible is useful. Uh, And I don't know what your experience with the Bible is. I think a lot of people kind of nod their heads and be like, okay, sure, the Bible is useful. But I've talked to a lot of folks, and maybe you're in this camp, where they've had these experiences, where they're like, "Okay, uh, I'm going to read the Bible for myself." You know, and they, we we talk a lot about the idea of doing a daily office and having a a regular time where you just spend time with Jesus. And reading the Bible is a great way for us to spend time with Jesus. And so they, you know, get all ready, you know, and get their coffee, get their chair, you know, they got they're gonna listen to it. However, you decide you want to look at the Bible. And they're all excited because, okay, the Bible is going to speak something to me. And then they open the pages or, you know, open the app or however you do it. And they start to read and they get to the end. They're like, I, what? Like, well, what did I just read? Like, I, it doesn't really make sense to me. I don't really get anything. Like, how is what I read useful to me? Uh, and then, what can make it kind of extra frustrating is then someone like me, a pastor, or if you read, you know, a, someone you like to, you, to read their books or listen to their podcast, they'll explain some piece of scripture, maybe even that same piece of scripture that you read. And when they explain it, it's like they're like getting all this stuff at it, like they're they're seeing all these things in the text that just apparently mean so much to them. And when you look at that same thing, it's like I, what? Like I, I'm not getting it. Uh, And my analogy for it, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the show Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld was a show that ended in 1998, uh, which is crazy. Uh, A lot of folks in our church maybe weren't even born in 1998. Uh, But this is a side note, but slightly connected. Uh, One of the great things about Seinfeld and why I think it's one of the greatest shows of all time is because it was a show that started really well. But as the seasons went on, it just got better and better and better. We'll come back to that. Uh, But one of the episodes uh, had this guy named um, Mr. Pitt and he was looking at this digital photo, and I don't know if these are even still around, uh, but back in the 90s, it was this big deal. They had these computer-generated photos, and it kind of just looked like wavy, weird lines. But if you like looked at it in just the right way, you know, you kind of like cock your head, and kind of you squint your eye it was like a way you could, like, and then all of a sudden, some people would be like, oh, whoa, like, I see like a dolphin in there, and I see a picture of a beach, and I see this house, and like, they would see all this stuff in the picture. And then there was other folks, like Mr. Pitt, and honestly, like me, almost every time I looked at one of those pictures, they'd be like, what, where? Like, I don't, I don't see it. And these other people are like, no, like, just focus your eyes and do this, and they're trying to give you all this instruction so that you could see it too, but it was just hard to see. And some of us have had that exact same issue as we've looked at the Bible before, is that like, we want it to be useful, but like, we're just not seeing it. Uh, and there's reasons for that. Uh, The Bible uh, was not written by an American. Uh, It was not written by Jesus. Uh, Jesus wasn't an American. It was written by a whole bunch of different authors, uh, and so it just has a different kind of ring than most of the stuff that we read to. Uh, It was not written in English. Uh, It was written in at least least three different languages, uh, languages that are all completely dead languages now. Uh, It was not written in modern times. The Bible was written thousands of years ago, a long, long time ago. And this is going to be important for uh, Genesis one, two, and three, but all of the Bible, that it was not written with our understanding of history, or of science. Uh, so there's times you read the Bible, like, but this doesn't really like correspond with like what I like know, what I've learned historically and scientifically. It's like what. It, This was written way before some of those discoveries, and it didn't have a historical or a scientific agenda. It had a theological agenda. It was trying to let us know things that we can believe deeper about reality and how we can live our lives. Uh, But what all that means is that because of all this, the Bible can be a very difficult book to try to get things out of. Marty Solomon uh, is the guy who has a podcast called the BEMA podcast, and uh, we're going to point you towards a lot of resources over the next couple months, Uh, and he has a great podcast called the BEMA podcast, and he wrote a book, uh, and this is uh, from his book. He says, uh, what this means is that we are literary tourists, that we have to, just like if we were traveling to a different country, there's some work that needs to be done. Uh, We have forgotten that when we, that we have forgotten that we read the Bible as foreigners, as visitors, who have traveled not only to a new geography, but to a new century. Uh, reading the Bible can take some work for us to understand what are they trying to say? What was the context of all of this? What was the culture going on? Uh, and so we went to work because especially these chapters, but the whole Bible, but these chapters of Genesis 1, 2, and 3, are incredibly useful for us in our lives. But it's gonna take a little bit of work. It's gonna take us being tourists in a different culture, in a different time, in a different language. Uh, And as we do that, it's gonna be great. Uh, The other thing uh, that might stand out is this idea that every part of the Bible is about Jesus. Uh, And this is something uh, we've talked about a lot over the last couple years. This is one of the crazy things that Jesus claimed. Jesus claimed all kinds of crazy things. And one of the things that he claimed is that all of Scripture is about him and that he is kind of like above all Scripture, that he even has the power to redefine what a Scripture means and that if you want to know what like the actual kind of, here's what this Scripture was actually always trying to say, that all you have to do is look at him, uh, which is just Crazy, uh, unless you actually happen to be the king of the world, son of God, Messiah, uh, which we believe that he was. Um, but we believe that you can look at every text of scripture and if you look, you can see Jesus. Uh, but again, that can be a, a difficult thing. There's that, sorry, the Seinfeld uh, thing again, uh, where again, someone like me is looking at a scripture and like, oh yeah, I see like, where this is leading to Jesus. I see the, you know, the Jesus finger marks on this and someone else might be looking at it and be like, what? Like I just, I'm missing it. I I don't see it. Uh, And so Genesis 1, 2, and 3 uh, are written thousands of years before Jesus came on the scene, uh, written about events that happened way, way before Jesus ever came on the scene. But I believe that they are about Jesus and they have something powerful to tell us about who Jesus is. And so we want to be able to instruct us to be able, uh, give some instruction of how we can better see Jesus in that. Uh, And specifically what we mean by that is every once in a while, uh, we will say things like this in church world. We'll say things like, Jesus Jesus saves the world. Jesus is the savior of the world. Uh, That Jesus forgives sins. That Jesus restores all things. That Jesus reconciles, puts back together that which was lost. Uh, Or sometimes we'll say things like this. We'll say things like, Jesus is the answer, which sounds like a great bumper sticker. But it kind of Raises a question mark of like, okay, if Jesus is the answer, what's the question? Uh, what question exactly are we trying to answer? Because, like, I got I got questions in my life, uh, I got problems in my life. Like, it, is Jesus, is He actually the answer for the real questions that we have in our lives, in our families, in our real actual world? Uh, and for that matter, we say, like, Jesus saves the world. Like, well, what exactly? Did, what did Jesus come to save in the world? Uh, What's so wrong with our world that even needs to be saving? And how does Jesus do that? We say that Jesus forgives sins. Like what, what even is a sin? And what, what, what does that mean that it needs to be forgiven? We say that all things need to be restored, like restored to what? Like what was the original idea that we're trying to get back to, that we're trying to restore or uh, we say reconcile, put all things back together, that which was lost, what exactly has been lost that we need to somehow find? Uh, and so for us to be able to understand that, I think we need to start in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And so what we're going to look at over the next couple months, first we're going to look at what was the plan? Uh, what was God's original plan for this world? As God was creating the world, what was his intent? What was the way in which things were supposed to be? And then we want to ask the question, what, what went wrong? Uh, what, 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 what now needs to be saved? What needs to be put right? Uh, and then we're going to touch on the idea of what is the answer? Uh, and the reason I say that, uh, I say this is a series that's going to go from now till Christmas. It's really more of a series that's gonna go all the way from now until Easter. Uh, And so from now until Christmas, we're gonna look at Genesis one, two, and three, and we're gonna spend a lot of time looking at what was the plan and what went wrong. Uh, And then what we believe is Jesus is the answer, but we can't really know what the answer is until we know what the original plan was and what went wrong. And so then from January to Easter, we're gonna talk about how Jesus really is the answer to the problem how Jesus really is the way to bring us back to what the original plan is, what the answer is. Um, But we'll get there when we get there. Um, But first, we wanted to spend some time just looking at these incredibly important sections of Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Uh, So hope you're good with that. Uh, One last thing. uh, There is a lot uh, that we have to go into uh, in these different sections of scripture, and I believe that these teachings that we will do uh, when we get together for our Sunday services will be an incredibly helpful part for us to dive into uh, the context and what was the plan and what went wrong in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, Um, but there's so much information, uh, there's so much to discuss, there's so much for us to figure out what we need to not just believe but how we should live our lives uh, that we just don't have time in these Sunday services. And so I really encourage you to dig even deeper. And so a great place to do that is by being involved in a community group. uh, And in a community group, uh, you can discuss and you can ask questions and you can just, just being able to like talk it out with other people, ask your questions, have your doubts, uh, have people really encourage you of how this might be changing your life or how it could. Change your life. Uh, And then uh, on our website, uh, there's a section we created called resources. Uh, And I've put all kinds of different, as I've been getting ready, listening to podcasts and other sermons and books and videos. There's just so many great tools out there. And so I've listed as many of them as I can on there. Uh, I have no expectation that anyone is going to be able to look at all of them. Uh, If you do, Awesome, you go for it. Uh, but I want to put them all out there. And so if there's one or two, three that look extra valuable to you, if there's a certain thing that we talk about over the next couple months that you think, man, I, I want to know more about that. I have questions about that. Like, wait a minute, where did that come from? Uh, I would love to point you towards some other resources because there's just so much good stuff out there. Uh, all right, let's get going. Uh, for just a little bit, I just want to look at Genesis one. And here's what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's the very start of the Bible. And what is this about? Well, very simply, this is about the beginning. This is a story about how things began. This is about the first day of school, This is about the very beginning of the new season. This is about that new job, which is important because this is not a story about the middle. This is not a story about how the story will eventually end. This is just how the story began, Uh, which means for us that as we are gonna read Genesis one here is that this is a story we need to know. This is a story that's going somewhere. God has a plan that he is just beginning. Uh, And then we'll see where it goes. Uh, So I want to read all of Genesis chapter 1 and for us all to try to figure out what exactly does God want us to know as the story is just beginning? What are some of the things that God wants us to believe And what are some of the things that God wants us to live? Uh, And so I've given a couple clues that you'll see kind of highlighted in the text. uh, But read with me if you would. All of the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters." don't know what like what's talking about with a vault it's because there's a context that they understood that maybe we don't so we need to dig a little bit more and there's some resources to help you do that and we'll talk more in the future uh and it was so god called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day and god said let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear and it was so god called the dry ground land "'and and gathered the waters, and he called seas. "'And God saw that it was good. "'Then God said, "'Let the land produce vegetation, "'seed-bearing plants, "'and trees on the land that bear fruit "'with seed in it, "'according to their various kinds. "'And it was so. "'The land produced vegetation, "'plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, "'and trees bearing fruit with seed in it "'according to their kinds. "'And God saw that it was good.'" And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as science to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. Again, scientifically. Wait, so the light is now just appearing and there's already vegetation? This is not about science. This is about something in our heart and bigger about about life God made two great lights the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night he also made the stars God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness and God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the skies, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind, and it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Talk about that more in a few weeks. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day." So what is true? What do we need to believe? What do we need to live about this story, about the very beginning? Well, I think the writer wanted us to know that as God was creating the earth, that it was good. And not just good, but that it was very good. Uh, And it's important, I think, of the word that he used there, that this world that God created was good, that it was very good. But the word that he intentionally didn't use is he didn't use the word, God saw all that he made, and it was perfect. Because perfect has the idea of, like, this is done This is complete, this is exactly the way it's supposed to be and it should never be changed. But that's not what the author is saying about how God created the world. He's saying that he created the world and it was good, it was very good, but it was also loaded with potential. This was just the beginning of the story. And there's all these seed-bearing plants that are going to make more plants. There's all these creatures that are gonna reproduce and have more creatures. And there's more trees that are gonna expand. And what started as very, as good, as very good is going to get better and better and better. That this is the beginning of the story, but it's just starting. It's going to get so much better. Uh, The idea is that this is a story that is very good and it's going to get better and better and better. Uh, That this is a story that is loaded with potential. That this is a story that is loaded with hope. That this world that God created just has so many possibilities. Optimism is so high. There is so much abundance. Like everything is so ready and excited for what could happen come in the future. Uh, And so, what does that mean for us as we live in our lives? Uh, Well, a couple things. Uh, As we look, again, as we look at the beginning of the Bible, as we look at what we should believe and what we should live, uh, a couple things that I think we should do is, one, we ask the question, what was God's original plan? Uh, Well, God's original plan for this world, for people for plants, for animals, for water, for everything we see, was that it was supposed to be good, that it was supposed to be very good. Uh, And I don't know about you, but as I look around the world, the world is still pretty good. Uh, It's still very good. This summer uh, we got a chance to go up to the Adirondack Mountains, as uh, my family has done for the last uh, ten years. And we go up to uh, the town of Saranac Lake, the lake of uh, lake is called Flower Lake. Uh, And my daughter and I, we wake up early every morning, uh, and we get in our canoe and we row across the lake. Uh, And one of the mornings when we were up there this uh, this summer, we got in our canoe and it was early, and the kind of the sun was just rising over the lake, and there's mountains of the Adirondacks in the background, and it was quiet except for just like the birds and the bugs you know and the water's just perfectly still and like i don't know if you're like into nature if you're into creation if you know if you like water if you like to hike or if the beach is your thing but those moments where you're like in nature in this world that god created and it's it's good it's it's very good uh, or uh, on Saturday uh, this past week, uh, my daughter just turned 12, and so she wanted to have a birthday party, and so uh, we invited 12 kids over to celebrate her 12th uh, 12th birthday. And so there was 12 middle school girls at my house the other night, and they were just laughing and singing and carrying on and running around and eating cake, and they were just they were just having so much fun and there's something about watching this like group of kids just like just enjoying themselves and like the friendship that exists right there and like there is something that exists in like how God created humanity and just our ability to be able to have fun together and eat good food and laugh it it is good it is very good uh, I have a, a friend of mine, uh, and we go on our runs together, and uh, while we're running, uh, we pray. We do this, like, prayer runs, which might sound crazy if you're not a runner, but we love it. Uh, and we'll do uh, different uh, types of prayer, uh, but one of the prayers that we will do is we will do prayers of thankfulness, uh, prayers of gratitude. Uh, and so uh, one morning this summer, uh, we were uh, running, and we were just just giving thanks for the different things that we were experiencing in our lives. So we were looking at the different things that we were seeing. So just, you know, thank you for the clouds. Thank you for the cool air. Thank you for the quietness of the morning. Uh, Thanks for the beauty of this thing that we're running by. Thank you for this friend that I get to run with. Uh, Thank you for muscles that allow us to be able to run. Uh, And then we start thinking about the other things in our life. And thank you for our families. Thank you for our friends. Uh, my friend who I was running with uh, recently got married this summer, and so as we're giving thanks, uh, he's like, thank you for sex. And hey, praise God, uh, God made, his plan was to make a good, a very good world. And I think when you look at the world around us, you see it everywhere. Uh, and, uh, in Romans uh, chapter 1, it says this. Uh, It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. It's since the beginning of creation that God's invisible qualities, if you look, his eternal power, his divine nature... They've just been clearly seen. You just, as you're walking through the world, you can, just, you can see the world that God created because it's the plan. And part of what we should believe and part of how we should live is that we are invited into the goodness and power and eternal power and invisible qualities and divine nature of this God that we see in the world, the very good world that he has created. Uh, but, let's be realistic, uh, we also live in a world that, where we see things that are not always good, uh, that are sometimes not very good, sometimes they are in fact very bad. Uh, we see things that, something. we see the plan, but something has gone wrong. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we were doing a service day as a church, uh, and our service project, we're serving an organization called Rise Local here in Albany that serves refugees. Uh, and so that whole thing in general, that there's governments in our world and regimes in our world and systemic issues in our world that are making folks have to literally flee their homes uh, in the middle of the night, leave their families, just so they can find some sort of, some sort of safety And then when they arrive in a country like ours that they they thought would have more resources and more abundance, the the, the system is sometimes so broken. And so there's just all these unanswered questions of like, you know, there's all these folks. uh, What we were doing uh, two weeks ago was there was uh, hundreds of folks in Albany right now that are living in hotels. Uh, There's not enough food. There's not enough resources. And just what do we do? Just something has gone wrong. Uh, but as we were getting ready uh, for the service day, uh, we were going to bring supplies, uh, needed uh, 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 uh. Uh, toiletry things and clothes and all kinds of things that folks really needed to two of the different hotels uh, that were both housing around 150 different refi- refugees. So to get all the supplies we needed to have some big trucks. Uh, so we rented these uh, two big moving trucks uh, and so I needed to go pick them up on Saturday uh, before our big serve day. So I went into the place where you rent the truck and I was having a small talk with the guy uh, and he was uh, I was asking him about his weekend and he was telling me about his weekend and say, hey, one of the things we're doing this weekend is we're going to have a birthday uh, for my daughter. Uh, we're going to have a little family party. It's going to be great. Uh, he kind of sighed for a second. He said, yeah, kids need birthday parties. They need some happiness. Because once you get to be an adult, this life is tough, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I get it. Uh, maybe that's the feeling that some of us have. We just have this feeling that the world in which we live in is just getting worse and worse and worse. And maybe some of the, the optimism, some of the potential, some of the hope that we used to have for like this job's gonna be great, but now it just, the job just feels like it gets worse and worse and worse. You know, this optimism that we used to have about how this relationship was gonna go, now it just feels like the, 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 it's just in struggle. Uh, some of us, just as we look at our lives, as we look, you know, like there was a, a point maybe when we were in middle school, high school, college, you know, when we first moved to the area and it felt like, man, like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I, I feel like I have all this hope and potential that it could be great. But now that we've kind of arrived 10 years, 20 years later, it's like ugh, something has gone wrong. And what do we do with that? Uh, I think it's interesting uh, that this story of Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and these kind of beginning parts of the Bible uh, that there's kind of two different schools of thought of when they were written down but they're similar in a lot of ways. So some people think that Genesis 1, 2, and 3 they were it was told around campfires it was just a part of the nation of Israel's story but then it was finally written down when the, the nation of Israel when it were slaves in Egypt or maybe right after they got out of Egypt. But it was in that midst of slavery. It was in the midst of like incredible toil. It was in the midst of all the evils that go along with that, that they would look at this story of Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and somehow it would give them hope. Uh, or other folks think that maybe it was written uh, quite a while after that, but it was when the nation of Israel was in exile in another empire called Babylon. But again, they had been taken away from their homeland. They had been taken away. Their houses had been burned down. The temple had burned down. Uh, And now they were, again, slaves in another land. And it was in that time that they thought, man, we need to write down this story of Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and we need to spread it all around because somehow in the midst of everything going wrong, there was something about this story of God's plan to create a very good world that still gave them hope. Uh, Maybe some of us can relate to this. This is again from Romans, Romans chapter eight. It says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, birth right up to the present time not only so but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption the sonship the redemption of our bodies maybe some of you can relate to that that feeling just like just like ah just this groaning one of the normal statements in the old testament was this idea of just how long how much longer will this persist but one of the things, as they would look at this story, it would give them hope. Because what they believed is that in the midst of things that were so wrong, that there was a God who had originally created this world the planet. it was meant to be good, to be very good. And yes, things had gone wrong. Things that they had done wrong, things that had been done wrong to them. But they believed deep, that this God who created everything was not done. He had not given up on his creation. That he still had a plan that his creation could still be good. That it could still be very good. And that God still had an answer that was coming. Uh, and 1 uh, Corinthians says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. It is possible for us to still have potential and hope. If yesterday went terrible, if the last 10 years have gone terrible, if there's things about this good world that are just difficult for us to see anymore, there is the ability for new that the whole idea is that something new has come and that we have the experience to live in it now. And we are invited to live in that story. You can live in that story. Uh, So as we just begin uh, this journey of looking at Genesis 1, 2, and 3, uh, what I would invite you to do is just to experience experience that. Uh, again, what we believe about these texts is these aren't things that were just written about things that happened a long time ago, but that these are things that are supposed to instruct us of how we can live right now. Uh, so a great, great guide for that. Uh, again, what was plan? What went wrong? What is the answer? Uh, a great guide for that. Again, on the resource page, uh, we have lots of different resources that you can look at, uh, but one that'll help us just kind of like live and experience this uh, over the next two weeks uh, leading up to our next service uh, and leading up to the time hopefully you're together with your group to be able to talk about it. Uh, There's a guy named uh, Aaron Nyquist. Uh, Aaron uh, was with us in our church uh, almost a year ago uh, doing a retreat uh, that some of you might remember uh, leading us through some kind of ancient practices of liturgy and he's put together, uh, he has a kind of company or brand or albums or I don't know what it is, Uh, but it's called uh, A New Liturgy. So if you just Google A New Liturgy, uh, Aaron Nyquist, uh, then he has all these different really great liturgies that he's put together. Uh, But there's one that's the number five. So A New Liturgy, number five, here are my hands. Uh, You can, if you look it up on Spotify, you can find it there. Uh, You can uh, just look on a website and you can buy it for five bucks. But what it is, uh, is it's two 15 minute liturgies uh, that you can listen to during the day. And so the first is a 15-minute liturgy that's meant to be listened to as you're starting your day. And so maybe you can listen to it as you're waking up in the morning. Uh, maybe you can listen to it as you're getting your breakfast ready. Uh, a great place to listen to it would be as you, maybe you're doing your commute, uh, if you walk or ride your bike or if you're on your car, bus, whatever it is. Uh, but if you have you know, some sort of a cell phone that you can have with you and put on the Spotify app, then you can listen to the first 15 minutes. And then the second 15 minutes is to listen to at the end of the day but it really does a great job of helping us to experience that every day is a chance for us to experience God's plan for potential and hope. And that every day is a new day that, as the psalmist says, today is the day the Lord has made and we have all the potential that we could move and great things could happen. Uh, but then sometimes we get to the end of the day and we look back and like, Things didn't go exactly the way that we wanted to. And, you know, we said things that we wish we hadn't said. and We did things we wish we didn't do. And so we need to be reminded that even in the midst of that, even in the midst of when things go wrong, God's plan isn't done. God still has a plan. Hope is still possible. Potential is still possible. There is an answer that tomorrow could still, despite all odds, tomorrow could still be better so I invite you to experience that Uh, so I'm excited for this series excited for us to look at Genesis 1 2 and 3 and all that it's going to set up of this plan that God has for every single one of us to be honest about the things that have gone wrong in our world Uh, but to know there is an answer and we can believe it and we can live it let me pray for you Uh, Jesus we love you Thank you for this good world that you have made. Help us to experience that good world. Help us to live into the hope and potential that you have for me and that you have for every single one of us every day. But then help us to know that when things have gone wrong, when we look in the mirror and we see the way in which we have squandered that potential, when we see the way that that hope and potential has been squandered by others and now it affects us help us to know that you are not done that the God who created this world has a plan that you know what's wrong and you have and you are giving an answer amen love you guys see you soon